this is going to be three part episode. So this is the first part of this one. Um, I will definitely say that I had a very good uh, conversation with Winta and I'm excited to share it with y'all. So uh, let's talk about it. And thank you for joining us tonight. Winta, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yay. I always try and get names right. That's important to me because I feel like um, with anybody's story, I feel like getting the name right you see their origin story and I feel you know a lot of people like especially you know other cultures who switch to English I don't think that's fair I think there should be laws where we need to you know learn their name properly because that's what they originated from and you shouldn't have to change at all for somebody anyway that's a side tangent but (laughs) (laughs) all right um my name is Mariah Gonzalez and I thank y'all for listening and for wanting to come on and talk to me today I really appreciate you taking time so how you been girl I've been good you know it's the new year same me but new year (laughs) I see you grinding out here girl I saw those Christmas posts you're slaying with your family you know i had to i was like very strict because like we have a theme we have pajamas let's get this shit together and they listened thankfully <laughs> that's good it all came together i mean mm-hmm. what you been up to but um besides sleeping this uh this break just really spending time with family i have a little nephew i'm absolutely obsessed with him um he's not my baby but he's my baby you know Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've just been spending time with him. My sister moved, so we've been helping her. So it's just been a whole lot of family this break. I really like that. I mean, for me, this is kind of like on my own note. This has been a real, um, my brain. Anyway, it's been a Understood, good time girl. with my family. Yeah, mm-hmm. my parents want to work, but I'm really happy for you. I'm glad to hear that. All right. Uh, just explain your major, your background, and um, what year are you? So I'm a senior. This is my last year. Um, I'm majoring in sociology with Africana Studies minor. I started off as a STEM girly. I was doing physiology, neurobiology, but then I had like it, it was I was going through it. Those chemistry classes were just kicking my ass up and down. And then I I was like talking to one of the CLA's directors and she's like, you seem to be doing really well in your like elective classes, you know, in like the content area courses and stuff. And she's like, why don't you switch? And I'm like, I can't? Cause I don't know, for some reason I have this idea. Mind you, this is first semester of my fourth year. I'm a fifth year senior, right. Okay. She's like, you could switch. And I'm like, wait, what do you mean I could switch? And you're like, yeah, because sociology is within CLAS. So you've done all the, you know, all the requirements and everything. And she's like, you only have to stay a year, which I was going to do anyways with my old major. And then I switched. I'm like, where have I been? Like, why was I not with this from the beginning? But yeah, it's been a wild ride, but it's coming to an end, thankfully. I can imagine, especially when, I don't know, I, I've had ups and downs uh, with UConn myself, and I was like, eh, am I going to have to do a fifth year? I think it really should be normalized, especially when four years seems too short. I think Absolutely. Yeah, because I think in my opinion, really, it's just it's too much of a squeeze. And especially when there's like, you know, mental health issues and family things happen during school, work. And then if you mm-hmm. want to switch, 
I think it should be six years so you have that room to change and there shouldn't be as much pressure on the amount of credits you take. Absolutely. But anyway, Absolutely. that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> but, uh, we could just sit here and talk about how horrible is UConn for hours. Oh, girl, we gonna get into it, but on another note. All right, yep. so um, just walk me through finals week. Um, what happened? Tell me what, like, um, tell me from your perspective what you what what was going through your mind so before we get to finals week there's like there's some context right so october 7 was on a sunday i believe it was on a weekend um when we came back um i had this class social theory on a tuesday so the professor she's very like open and honest about like you know we need to talk about the things going on in the world we need to talk about current things to really understand sociology and like the theories that we learn because we can sit here learning about the history but we also have to apply it to the present you know what i mean so she opened up the platform for us to talk about what's going on in palestine and what israel is doing i took a class um last year what yeah, last year, I took a modern Middle Eastern history class. And that class has really like taught me so much about Middle Eastern history and the, you know, America's role or Western powers and their role within the Middle East. When we got to um, the part about Palestine, we talked about, you know, the foundation of Zionism. We talked about, you know, the history of the land before, after. We talked about literally everything. And we also had to write a paper about it based on the book by Edward Said, uh, The Question of Palestine. So by that point, I w- I'm not an expert. I'm still learning a lot, but I had a pretty good understanding of the conflict. I had a pretty good understanding of how this is simply just like colonization. Like, you know, there's no ifs, buts, ends, or nothing. It was just like clear cut Zionism. I mean, colonization. So um, when she brought up, you know, the October 7th in class, I was like, yeah, of course I want to talk about it. And like, I was grateful that she was allowing us to talk about it. And so I raised my hand, said my piece, basically what I just said now and um this person the student also raised their hands and talks about how just had this tone about them that made the rest of the class feel like the bad guys almost this tone of like but there's babies that are beheaded that are burnt oh you saw that pop up right (laughs) I'm like that was weird Okay, it keeps popping up. Like, comment, and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So, and the, their whole thing was just like, there's babies being burnt, like, and you guys don't seem to care. And it's like, no. And the professor herself jumped in. It's like, no, it's not that we don't care. It's not that we're saying, you know, fuck the victims of October 7th, whatever their ethnicity, origin, country, whatever it is. We're just saying, this is not, this is not the big picture this is not the only thing because it's October 7th versus 75 plus years of genocide and military occupation, you know, like there's nuance to this conversation, but they just, you could tell they just weren't willing to listen. And they, um, and I of course raised my hand and said, the reason why, one of the reasons why 
Israel is able to do a lot of these crimes and a lot of these things and be able to get away with it is, you know, because of their victimhood from the Holocaust. Now, I'm not sitting here denying that they are not victims. They are. The Jewish people were victims. And I feel like there needs to be a line between Zionist and Jewish people because those are completely two different identities. And, you know, the people don't always think the same. But and this is one thing that I learned in class. And when I uh, learned when I was reading the book about Palestine, it's this perceived victimhood has allowed them to do whatever and commit whatever crimes and be able to get away with it because the rest of the world felt so bad for what they went through. Again, the Holocaust was horrible. I'm not denying that. The fact that I even have to, you know, specify that is crazy, but people will twist your words. The Holocaust was horrible. They were indeed victims. But we also have to sit back and realize they're using that victimhood, not Jewish people, the state of Israel, the military occupation, is using that victimhood to place themselves on this level where they're untouchable. And I said that in class and he, the student is still, you know, he wanted to argue, you could tell. And he started saying stuff about like, show me the sources, show me the sources, show me the news articles. That pisses me off because one of the things white people love to do is force you to educate them. and. At that point, it's like we're in the same class, going to the same publicly funded university with the same access to resources. There's no reason why I have to educate you about racism and colonialism when it's lit your computer's right in front of you. If you really wanted to come here with that holier than thou attitude and start an argument, start a discussion, you should be you should come with the facts prepared. You know what I mean? So and then eventually, like, the professor's like, listen, we got stuff to talk about. This is a classroom. We got to teach y'all. So let's table this discussion. We did that. And at the end of the classroom, um, before he left, I said, you know what? I'm not going to give you new sources, but I will suggest this book, the book that I wrote my essay on, The Question of Palestine, and um, also another book by Edward Said, Orientalism, which talks about how you know, the attitude and the perception that Western media and the West has about Middle East. They're these lazy savages that just sit there, smoke their hookah and do nothing when there's so much more than that. They've built empires. They've created so much, you know, science, geometry, math, algebra. We could go on and on. But Orientalism is the theory that like they're seen as the other, the Orient. So I suggested those books in hopes that, you know what, maybe this will give you a different understanding of what me and other people like me are talking about when we say this is a military occupation, this is genocide, you know what I mean? And as we're walking out of class, we keep this conversation going and every point I make, he's gonna, he has some quick, you know, like counter argument or whatever, which I was like, that's not the point, because I would say something like the state of Israel has been controlling Gaza and the West, uh, the Gaza Strip and the West Bank and all of those have been military. This has been a military occupation for 75 plus years. He's like, but but they provide water. And I'm like, I don't I don't understand how you don't see that a state should not control people's sources to water. That's like a human right. That's something everybody should have access to. That's given. That's 
that's given, right? Yep. Or I would be like, um, you know, Zionism in the state of Israel is being used as a tool of imperialism by the West. And they're like, you're wrong because the Europeans hated the Jews too. And I'm like, they did. I'm not saying they didn't, but that's why they created Israel because they hated, they were still anti-Semitic even after the Holocaust. And even before Zionism was founded years before the Holocaust, but they were still anti-Semitic and they said, we don't like these people in our land because they're not white enough, but they're just the right amount of white and they're just the right amount of, you know, acceptable to us that will give them this state in the Middle East to control these Orients so that they have an ally within the region. And I'm trying to explain this to him. And at this point, I realized, like, you don't want to have a discussion. You want to have an argument. And That's I'm not saying... Yeah, it is a lot of the day. And I think really, I respect the fact that you had so much patience. And that's how I think the majority of people should be, because a lot of the time it's just arguments. It's not a debate anymore. And I think really Mm -hmm. for me, what I notice is like, I get the points that you're trying to make, but there's so much emotion in it. And when there's emotion, it's it it gives a sign to me that they're invested and that's great. But it's just like you're not able to clearly get your thoughts out without getting so flustered. And really, for me, I think, in my opinion, emotions should be left outside the door and we can have an an intellectual conversation about things without getting so heated about it. And really, like, um, I'm proud of you for doing that because not a lot of students or adults or adults can really have a respectful conversation, not argument. Right. Yeah. And like I could tell, you know, while I agree with you about like emotions being left at the door, there's also a certain kind of value that emotions provide when you're having discussions like this. It's really just a matter of how are you able to apply that? You know what I mean? I'm very emotional about the situation because it's a genocide, first of all. Who wouldn't be emotional? Sadly, not a lot of people, but you know. And it's yeah, also because... I've had experience, my family in Ethiopia has experienced with genocide. I've had family members being victims of a regime, of a military regime. So I understand what that felt like. And that's what where my emotions came from, from a place of care, from a place of understanding. He was on this level where it's like, almost like I cannot be wrong. You know what I mean? I simply cannot be wrong. That's that was the emotion he was going in with. Not even like, you know, I, you know, I'm a Jewish man and I'm scared for my people. I would understand that. And we would be able to have a discussion if he was able to, like, express that and channel that emotion properly. But he just wanted to have an argument. And again, this is human rights. I'm not going to argue about human rights. So eventually I said, you know what? If you read those books, go ahead. And if you want to start this discussion back up, we'll do that. And that was it. That was the last time we had a conversation outside of the class, in the class. So Tuesday morning, we're doing the presentation. Um, Me and my group members, we chose this topic because, you know, it's very current and we're able to, we were all, you know, very, like we were all pro-Palestine and we were all very passionate about it and said, you know what, let's understand what social media does in situations like this let's understand the propaganda propaganda machine let's understand you know apac and the lobbying efforts that go into u.s media to convince us to be pro-israel that was our goal 
and we did a pretty good job. We got an A. Um, right, right. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> and so it was like a quick 10 minute presentation. We're up there. We first started off like in in our class, our professor made sure like anytime you talk about, you know, social theory, you have to express your positionality and your identity because you cannot be neutral in anything. There's no sense of neutrality when you're talking about, you know, whether it's intersectionalism or like conflict theory, whatever, whatever. Your identity, your race, your gender, your class is going to play a role. And we said before we start this presentation, we are pro-Palestine, but that does not mean we condemn any violent attacks or we're anti-Semitic or anything like that. Pro-Palestine means we're for the liberation of the Palestinian people in the land. And that's when I noticed he was recording. And I was like, no. I, at first I thought it was stripping because he had this camera like this, like a little bit lower, but he had it like this. It was obvious. It was obvious, but he didn't think we would catch him, I guess. So he had it like this. And I was like, maybe he holds his phone weird. I don't know. I don't want to assume, you know? But then I saw him like look down like this and touch the camera. I was like, oh, he's, he's recording us. That's and I nice. was just like, right, nice. At least you look and good probably on camera. I made sure my face was done skincare was on point all right so, all right, right you're yeah. prepared thank you I had fans I knew it but <laughs> <laughs> it was like I was about to ask him, you want to autograph that video <laughs> but so yeah and then at one point we had this slide about um we compared United States and Israel and the, the way they occupied the land and how, you know, United States, this was native land. This is indigenous land that we're in. And slowly you start to see that indigenous tribes and lands start to become smaller and smaller to the point where they're like non-existent. Same thing with Palestine. You know, Palestine was the whole land and starts to get smaller, smaller, smaller. Israel starts to take over. And at that point, I, I saw him smirk. Now, that's really where I lost it, honestly. I was really trying to keep it together. Because like the, his body language, his smirk almost is like condescending almost. Do you know what yep. I mean? I got you. So yeah. So we go through the thing. I'm still looking at him. I'm looking at the camera. I'm looking. I'm hoping he sees me see him. And at the end, you know, the professor's like, oh, that was great. Thank you. And I asked, why are you recording us? Everybody was in shock. Because that's just not something you do. The professor... And the TA were in shock. And he's like, oh, um, he, he flustered a little bit. He didn't think I was going to call him out on it. But I was like, no, I have time today. I don't I care if this is going to. It's just appalling. Sorry, I interrupted you. But you're I good. You're good. No. It's appalling to me how somebody does not understand the concept of consent. Like, that's just a basic thing I need to reiterate here is, for example, I asked you if you'd be comfortable coming on my podcast and simply you know being recorded this and that and you said yes that is consent people like for me it's just surprising how somebody would have the audacity to do that especially when he had he made no record of you know hey let me ask the professor if this is okay hey let me ask the dean's office if that's okay i'm speeding up a little bit but like i just want to point that out that y'all consent exists and really, um, for me, that was very stupid, in my opinion. And if you really weren't that, 
like we were saying before recording i was just like it like hey like he should have just you know went up to me like hey i'm not comfortable with this presentation good luck to you i'm out peace like it, it shouldn't have been blown up into such a big thing yeah and because it's like he could have stepped out he if he if he was uncomfortable telling us ta- speaking to us you could have gone to the bathroom and come back when we were done which is like in 12 minutes that's Nobody a long that's a long shit session i mean yeah but you know shit. <laughs> you don't gotta explain to us or he could have been like i don't know there's just so much things that should have happened that didn't that I'm still sitting here like laughing at because it's just ridiculous the fact that you just like jumped straight up and had this like audacity it's like I'm gonna do what I want regardless of what these people think and regardless of their privacy I think it's so- better that you laugh than anything because there are some people who get so mad and flustered about it it gets stuck in their head and that person lives in their head rent free and really you can't let that person live in their rent free and the way you're handling right. it is how should everybody should handle it right and that's another thing that like thinking back now like imagine because my group members one of them she was you know she's very shy reserved person and they were like when they saw that it was being recorded they were very flustered and that made me even more mad because it's like the kind of person i am i'll say what i want i don't care that right but Mm -hmm. then imagine if somebody else was there Imagine if it was people that, you know, didn't have the ability to speak up and say what they wanted because they're already stressed about this final project and final presentation. You know, they they did all their public speaking that day. And that's another thing that pisses me off. It's like this could have been handled like that. If you thought the presentation was spreading anti-Semitic hate speech and hate against Jewish people, I literally could have sat there in front of the dean of students and showed them everything slide by slide we could have explained everything and they would know how stupid your claims were but you know and so and then like i'm asking and the professor's like i had no knowledge of this because the first thing he said was like the dean of students gave me permission and the professor's like i I don't know i don't know what he's talking about i have no knowledge of this the ta is doing the same and she's like why are you recording like what what is the reason and he's you know goes on to this thing about um i felt unsafe i thought this was gonna be a hate speech and incite hate crimes okay you know just very ridiculous and i was like that that's just not gonna go so we're gonna go to the dean of students and you're gonna show them that video and we're gonna speak about this but one of my group members again she was like first you know we reiterated that we are pro-palestine but not anti-semitic and I would like you to delete that video. And so I said, and everybody else in that class demanded, delete that video right in front of us, go to your recently deleted and delete that video again. And we'll, I'm still speaking to the Dean students. And so at this point, I'm mad, but I'm trying to keep it together. And you know, we're done with the presentation. Everybody's like, we were the first ones to go too. So everybody's like, wow, what a way to start, you know, the morning and right like what a bang what a show like <laughs> it was stellar like i mean you clearly um, communicated communicated your opinions and i think really you did it in a respectful manner you obviously said pro pastelian and then you know anti-semitic and it's just you made a point there are just some people where it does not penetrate where hey this is my opinion and i'm not trying to offend here i'm just these are my thoughts and what i have observed 
and I don't know. Yeah. Oh. And like you could tell he wasn't really perceptive of the things that we were learning in class because this is something that was a thing. Like positionality is important. Identities and race, gender, and class impacts how people view the world. Mm-hmm. So me, a black woman, a black immigrant woman, and you, a white Jewish man, we're not going to see the world the same. No, honestly he, not. He was not. Yeah, and he was not perceptive of that. See, that's the thing that's funny to me is because, yes, I would say that some people try to be in your shoes, but really they don't understand until they walk in your shoes the way you act. Because for me, my experience has been different as a black woman. Yours has been different as a black woman. And our lives and our paths are not going to match up, especially when we're both different nationalities and we've had different experiences in our life. And even if I want to sit here and be like, oh, I understand what you're going through. I simply can't because for me it's not the same I, I got you and I get it and mm-hmm. um, I hear you but I think when you know in the past I've talked to people who are hurting or their emotions are like no you can't possibly get it you're not in my shoes I understand where they're coming from I would get sad and take offense to it but I really can't I'm not you I'm not in your head I'm not in your body mm-hmm. I can't really feel the emotions or process the same way you're processing things right and, the only thing I really want to say and give you comfort is um, I hear you and I see you, Avatar. I see you. <laughs> Thank you for that. I got you, Thank boo. You. Yes. Thank you. But yeah, and so just to summarize, um, that was it. And before the end of class, I asked him, who did you talk to at Sedina students? And I went and talked to the same lady. You know, I had somebody there to support me. And she said, first of all, I just want to tell you, we did not tell him. He lied. What they told him was, first of all, like he reached out to not even the the person that should handle matters like this, because there's dean of students and there's the office of dean of students. Yep, two different things, right? He reached out to the the, the person that's director of the office of dean of students, mm-hmm. not dean of students. Crazy thing, but yeah. And so she's like, I told him when he reached out, I told him if he felt uncomfortable and if he felt like he had to record. He had to ask permission from the professor. And that's when I realized, so this is just really a matter of white privilege because I don't think he really thought his actions through. I thought, I think he thought that like, because of his position, his positionality, that he was going to get away with it. He didn't, he thought that in front of the class, when he said the Dean of students gave me permission, I was just going to sit there and take it. And one thing about me is like, no, we're going to get to the bottom of this. Cause you want to make a show out of this? I'm making a movie. You know what I mean? I so, got you. I got you, sis. Right. And I don't think he expected me to do what I did, which makes me even happier. Because I'm like, yeah, you didn't think I was going to do it, but I will. And I'm going to get you in a lie, in a very bald-faced lie. You want that- justice. I mean, if anything, like, damn, like, really, you're putting me... Of all weeks... Of all weeks to pull this crap, finals, I would be like, if this was like, you know, in the middle of the semester, fuck, fine, all right, all right, we can process this, but, like, I just want to, you know, finish my uh, presentation, bounce off to vacation, and vibe, I mean, I, I, I'm just like, I, I, like, I feel bad that you have to still process this, and still, like, we're soon going back to campus, I mean, Mm -hmm. um, like uh, oh I should ask this um did it ever like get fully resolved because the one thing I will say is when people record they can also back up videos and then they can send it to people and friends and I'm like did you make sure he deleted the backup like 
that's the thing you know um we asked them to delete it on iphone like icloud photos and recently deleted but there's a part of me that's like google photos is there dropbox is there so i don't know if there is a backup video or anything but that's also like unlike some people i respect people's privacy so yeah i'm not gonna sit here it's because i don't have enough power and enough pull to be like show me this app and delete it from there so i've again i've expressed like i wanted to get ahead of this so that god forbid anything like that comes out it's like no you're, you're a fucking liar you know like this is get fact. This is- yeah so mm-hmm. that's why i've been public about it because it's like no you're not gonna release anything you're not gonna release a statement a clip a snippet whatever because i want everybody to know you're not believable you're not mm-hmm. truthful you may not be a famous person, but you can sue for slander and defamation still. Because Absolutely. If, and I think all I would say is, is you don't need a lawyer to file in court. You just got to know how to file the paperwork and you can do it yourself. You could be, um, uh, I think, a pro se. Mm-hmm. That's a whole conversation. Yeah. But like point being, if you want to stand up for yourself, do it. And you are. And, uh, and again, I'm very proud because not a lot of people have that bravery to really speak up for themselves because they're afraid of the backlash and um they're afraid of the consequences but i would rather be here you know standing up for myself you standing up for yourself and you know um feel like um the truth is being told instead of lies and absolutely absolutely and i'm glad that like you know after speaking with the dean of students i'm glad to know that i have their support because again like they put he put that office he made that office liable for something so just outrageous and so i'm glad that you know they have the facts their own side of evidence to back that up i'm going to file the report a bias report because this is biased i thought i was it was giving microaggression it was giving very much like oh this black bitch is out there doing whatever the fuck she wants let me get her and i'm like you got me you got my attention okay you know? are you obsessed with me like what's up yeah. are you, are exactly. you like less like um oh my god it's just that's how i roll with it like um yeah (laughs) it's like i don't know i remember like being on the yukon story at one point and i think maybe if you saw me like a lot of people were like oh my god she's so freaking annoying and i'm like all right it's whatever like i don't take hate the same way as i used to anymore i'm just like Mm -hmm. i don't care like if you're literally going in my dms to basically be like hey can you stop posting i'm in your mind rent free so like i'm bothering you that much and i'm like okay all right uh, let's get it but um but no girl no like you got them like that's the best thing that i could say is is that you basically did the right thing and not a lot of people can do that so yeah and that's that's another thing because like i had the you know the the support and the platform to do what i did but a lot of muslim students a lot of palestinian students a lot of students of color have been shunned disrespected hate crimed on this very campus and UConn does nothing about it. You know, they've done, they don't give the students the attention and the resources that they need. And I want people to know it's like, girl, no, th- that this is not right. If you don't want to speak up about it, I'll speak it up. I'll speak it for you. I'll say it for you because th- there's no reason why being pro human rights is so criminalized. There's no reason why we should feel unsafe because we're against a genocide. You know what I mean? And I want people to know that like, I'm here to support in whatever capacity I can. Like, I don't, 
I don't have the experience or the understanding that Muslim students do and Palestinian students do. But from the, the little experience that I have, from the understanding that I have, I'm hoping that I'm able to help them. I'm able to support them. And I'm able to make this fight for freedom easier for them, you know? And that's my end goal. And that's why I wanted to be, I wanted to speak up about this and do all of this because it's like, you're not alone. This is, this is not a Palestinian issue. This is a human rights issue. When we free Palestine, we free all of us. And that's why I'm willing to fight for this, you know, because free Palestine means free Sudan, free Congo, free Ethiopia, all of that. So that's why I'm willing to be very vocal about this because like, it's, it's really, it's just very, for me, it's black and white. You're either pro-human rights or you're not, you know? This is one thing. Yeah, this is where the one time we're like, nuance is not a thing because it's like, it's innocent people dying versus a military occupation. I don't know how that's hard to choose, but okay. All right. I mean, if anything, it's simple. And if people can't get it, then I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, right back because it's less than a minute and we'll Mm -hmm. finish up because I have one more thing to ask you. For the next episode, we'll move a little bit from um, microaggressions and racism topic on campus. And I think maybe, uh, I believe, more into the issues of um, what's been going on in campus, especially with, you know, uh, new campus building, issues with dining halls, um, you know, quality of living. But really, we continue a conversation and nuance on, like, just a lot of issues with UConn and what's been going on. So... Therefore, uh, till next time, let's talk about it.